When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Oh, I just had my oil checked. Welcome to Check My Oil. I'm DK Sizzle. I'm here with Ben Peak, former professional MMA fighter, although there might be rumblings that he's getting back into the circuit soon. Put some beatings down on some regional MMA fighters. Would love to see it, but I also used to get scared that my friend Ben was going to get hurt. Um, but I do have Ben Peak here, and I have uh, my other closest friend in the world, Matt Wilcox, um, from the uh, Degenerate Gambler point of view. You guys know the deal. You guys know the story. Longtime fans of the show know the essence and the magic that we're all going to bring to the table here. And we're going to talk about a fucking banger of a card, UFC 291. We didn't get to talk about UFC 290, which turned out to be a pretty good card, um, all, all things considered. Um, but, you know, the, the perils and the pitfalls of real life um, did did prevent us from from all getting together and, and talking about that card. But we're going to double down on the energy today, and we're going to really bring it to talk about UFC 291 Poirier, Poirier uh, versus Gaethje, uh, which is just like guaranteed fireworks box office. Um, but the rest of the card, honestly, this is one of those pay-per-views where they've sort of stacked it start to finish. Um, we will not be talking about the early prelims because I think there's a lot to talk about with um, the prelims and the main card. Um, so just to get right into it, um, because that's what everyone's here to, to, to pay in their money to, to hear about, um, Jake Matthews and Darius Flowers, uh, Jake Matthews has fought 17 times in the UFC and he just doesn't look like the guy that we kind of thought that he was supposed to be when he first came in. Um, he's better at welterweight. I, I think we could all agree there. Um, but doing things like getting submitted by Sean Brady, um, nah. but then like boxing Andre Fialo and, and winning that, that's fun. Um, in saying all that, I do think, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, um, I think he's probably going to win this fight. He's a heavy favorite at minus 260. I don't see a ton of value in an underdog bet here. I, I think... I maybe because there's there was like a dropout and a, and a reapply to this this card. This is Matthew's fight to lose. I don't think there's any value in any bet on this, Matt, uh, unless you think that there's some sort of weird method of victory thing, which, you know, I'll always fucking lose my money on. No problem. But like, I don't know. It's Matthew's fight to lose, but I don't fully trust him. The, the odds are stacked. There's not a ton of value here. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, no, it's Matthew's all the way. Flowers is taking this on what 10 days notice and going up and wait for this fight doesn't make any sense um i i always thought that jake matthews would have gotten something a little bit stiffer after his last fight and something a little bit more you know competitive but here we are and i think it's just gonna run through him i think 
that's fair. I mean, would you put it as a parlay? Would you would you let it potentially wreck a parlay? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, interesting. Well, all right. I might actually have a parlay for the I might have a parlay for the listeners today of the prelims and early prelims. Great. So we'll, maybe he'll be a part of it. Maybe he won't. We'll have to wait until the end. Okay, great. We'll we'll check in with you at the end of the uh, at the end of the prelim section here. Ben, do you ever have anybody on short notice, or do you ever have, were you ever on short notice? Big time, buddy. All the time. What's wherever. the what, wherever, what are the, wherever. <laughs> anytime, anywhere. Uh, right. <laughs> what's uh, you've done both. You've you've had short notice opponents, and you've been a short notice opponent. Which uh, which do you prefer? If that's not an obvious question. Well, back in the day, I really preferred the uh, uh, being a short notice opponent. Obviously, I'm sure that's you know the go to answer there. But uh, um, so especially because of my training regimen, I was just kind of year round, um, and uh, I would only that uh, I would only ever really kick it up for the last two weeks. Every single fight, stay ever. ready, so you don't have to get ready, baby. Yeah, I I was I was training all the time, and uh, so hey, if I got a, a two week you know short notice, let's do it. Is it, is it, I mean, I guess to, to sort of extrapolate that to the UFC though, if you're fighting guys at, at the, you know, the cream of the crop and you're getting ready for specific styles, there's no worry there where it's like, if you, if you have to take an opponent on short notice and, but you're not necessarily, you know, Conor McGregor where you can be like picking your fights or whatever, you still got to fight on this card because you don't want to get forgotten about. Is it a huge risk if you've prepared for something stylistically or should you just be well-rounded enough to be able to take a short notice fight? Um, I, well, the safe answer is always to just be be ready for everything, feel comfortable in it, in every aspect. Whether whether somebody's stronger than you there or not, you have to figure out tools to nullify them. Maybe not compete with them in their game, um, and that's just being a smart fighter. Um, but uh, but you do run into people who um, are you know like I would hate to be getting ready for this guy who's like kind of like a Michael Phelps of MMA, super tough dude. Um, just a gamer, and then they're like, "You're fighting Bo Nickel," and be like, "Ah, oh, well, I wish I was drilling takedowns, son of a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> you, you, will, you will, you will run into that. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I mean, you, but I mean, you, I mean, it like in, if you had a six week camp, how much? You know, it's like we've been talking about this with the Ultimate Fighter. Like Matt, you made this point. Like we've been watching the Ultimate Fighter, and it's like Conor McGregor coming in and being like. You got to slip this way for like a few minutes before you go fight somebody. is isn't going to change the entire like DNA of your like fighting style, right? So in a six-week camp, what, which is, I guess, what, what I would consider ideal from what, I, what I'm told, um, can a six-week camp change your fight style that much? Can you, can you drill up on takedowns for Bowman Nickel that much? Or is it like a foregone conclusion what's going to happen? Is it more of a nullification thing? You're talking to me or Matt? You. Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, can you ask a question again? <laughs> it was such a long question. You asked it so well. Dude, I know. I think that's what got me because dude, I, <laughs> I kind of drifted off halfway through. And I was like, you're not talking to me. Um, I can for this one. I swear I thought I heard you say Matt. Okay, go get it. Yeah, no, moving on. Roman Kapalov versus Claudio Ribeiro. If the listeners were curious to the answer to that question, hit us up on Twitter. Or threats, threats. <laughs> um, the, the lowdown of this fight, uh, Rome, Roman Kapalov and Claudio Ribeiro. Uh, Kapalov's a minus 210 favorite. Um, Ribeiro, yeah, you're getting shorted on the fucking value again. Fucking Vegas, dude. Like, you can't give me fucking plus 210 to a minus 210. You can't, can you? Because you're fucking money, you're money-grubbing assholes. Plus 170, shorted on the underdog value here, which I do think there is some in this fight. Um, I think... 
Kopilov is a guy that's improving steadily. Um, I think that it, a lot of it, it, he's a little bit of a who is he fought um, t- type guy. I, I don't recognize a ton of the guys on his resume as he starts to get more and more competitive in the UFC. I think we might get um, some insight into what he has to offer. Um, I know he's dangerous. I know he's aggressive. I know he has knockout power, but I know also that he swings with his chin straight up in the fucking air, which, by the way, so does fucking Tom Aspinall. And I wasn't thrilled with the entire reaction. Like, John Jones had a point when he was like, there's always a a new guy that's going to beat me. There's always a new guy that's going to beat me. A few months ago, it was Cyril Gaon, and he has the best footwork, and no one's ever been a striker like him, and I fucking dismantled him in like two seconds. Tom Aspinall throws... Like he, like his chin slept with his wife and he's just trying to get him, get it, get it murdered. <laughs> like he's just like this out there. And they're like, he's so fast. I'm like, he is fast, but somebody's just going to slip one of those punches and really send, wide him, open. send him to meet Alistair Overeem at the bar in the shadow realm. But, um, I, you know, I, I was the, the after effect, I get it. Tom Asperon doesn't look like a generic heavyweight. He looks like, mm-hmm. like a adaptation mm-hmm. of a heavyweight, like with a that's what it heavyweight. Is. That's, that's what it fun, is. But I, I'm yeah. watching him fight. With his chin up, and I'm thinking about uh, John Jones nailing Rashad Evans with that elbow. And I'm like, he would kill. Oh, and I think it would be end his seconds. career. Yeah, the problem though is like, there's nobody that there's nobody good enough to fucking be with John Jones right now. I mean, I was just talking about this with Leah the other night. Like, the Daniel Cormier was running through everybody. He was running through fucking. Oh, every, there was nobody. Everyone. That, he was just like taking everybody apart. And by the time they were done fighting their their trilogy or whatever you were everybody was came to the same conclusion they could fight a thousand times and john jones would win a thousand times and it's been like it's just not fair um he's so at the much. end of the game he's at the end of the game is he is he the most dangerous athlete uh combat sports athlete in the world yes is he the guy you want to hold that mantle no obviously you want somebody I, 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 better. I yeah but he's a piece of I, shit <laughs> yeah, I like i'm I, I actually don't doubt that um i know he's aggressive ribero i know that he has knockout power so you could potentially get some value here on this underdog bet, but he really does swing wild. And I, I think that um, I think that Kapilov will just be patient. I think he'll take him down to close out rounds. I think he'll see that there's a ton of, of weaknesses in the grappling here. And it just, just to be safe, let's just go in there and get this, um, get this, this bet. In fact, there might even more be more value in Kapilov getting the finish than the underdog overall underdog money line bet. What do you think? Are we doing? Are we doing a practical? That's joke? exactly what I was going to say. Okay, I think. <laughs> oh man! What I was going to say was, I, I was just going to say, betting on Kapov to get the finish here probably makes more sense, or putting him part of a parlay to, to just win it outright. Um, but yeah, I just I, I don't like Romero. He, he swings wild. He's a lunatic. Um, and both of them, it's kind of like, a, who have you fought? What have you done? Um, but you know me, I'm always going with the block European. I just can't help it. Yeah, you know those those Russians. They uh, they're like that. They're they're made of some. Ben, if you were fighting somebody who was like a wild striker, right in MMA now, uh, and I know that you're more of a stand up guy, so I can kind of maybe predict your answer. But if you're fighting somebody who's like a wild striker who is really potentially has a danger to like really hurt you or, or whatever, and you know you have a clear, clear grappling advantage, do you take the safe route or do you do you test your metal? Hard to say, man, because, uh, I mean, you plan for one set and, um, fighting's an emotional thing, right? It really, I think it really depends on, uh, you know, there's some factors to consider. Um, 
the fight in general, how emotional it is, like, how, like, I, and I'm just answering, I'm trying to be objective of how I would respond. Sure. Uh, but then also the venue, you know, like if it's, if it's the UFC, like, and you know, you're in a spectator sport, yeah. um, get, throw down. I, 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 <laughs> that's, that's the way I, I would, I would feel about certain things. I, rem I remember fall, like being involved in game plans for weeks and weeks and weeks and just, um, and then getting in there and sitting down after the first round and being like, no, this is just not for me, dude. Like, I got to go like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Like, like just being irritated with the way a fight was feeling. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, uh, I, cause I, you know, I, but how clear, how clear are your thoughts? Like when you sit down on the stool after the first round, like, I'm, I'm, are you hearing your inner monologue? Are you hearing like, uh, or is it, is it just that like sort of emotional reaction where you're, you're sort of on instinct? So, yeah, I mean, there definitely is some instinct there and, uh, there, there's like the fucking, everything's a mile a minute, but like, but you are zoned in. I remember it would be, it would be kind of like when I would sit down to describe it, if you're watching a movie that like dull ring and like, you can hear people talking at you. And I, <laughs> I could definitely see everybody who was in front of me, all the cornermen. But the one thing that I had clear the entire time was looking at my opponent across right. the room. I would always just be totally honed in on that, on their body language, the, who they're talking to, what they're talking about. Because you can't break that concentration and then try to get it back once the second yeah. round starts, right? Yeah. yeah. It was, you're, you're, you're just in there. Yeah. It's like I'm crying. I think I'll just, <laughs> I feel like I'll just start crying in the corner. It's at the, I'm like, he hit me really hard. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah, that's why we don't do this. We just talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't be about it. My finger... Um, yeah, I mean, I, actually, on that note, I think there's a theme for this for this card and this um, this conversation because I think there's something to be talked about with with this sort of violence that's going to happen in the main event, hopefully. Um, and and I have a theory about how that main event's going to go because of the level of violence that was inflicted the last time those guys fought. Um, ben, who you got in this one? I, I I don't know if there's a ton of value, like I said, but the wild swinger. You you betting on the outside chance of a knockout, or you're betting on the guy who's probably going to just take him down and beat him? Um. It'd be smart early on. I, I imagine most of these guys are so well trained that uh, um, take them down, go for the sub. Yeah, at, at, at this level, you know. Yeah, it's gonna be good because right after this, this is a prelim. Right after this, two guys everybody's heard of are. I mean, I would hope if you're watching the UFC on a regular basis, are about to fight Derek Lewis and Marcus Rogerio de Lima. Um, de Lima's a huge fucking favorite here, and I just, I just don't know. I mean. Okay, so Derek Lewis, like, obviously he's very likable. He's a likable character. He uh, he was one of those guys that sort of got to the precipice of being able to be at that elite level at heavyweight and just sort of fell off because he just didn't quite have the athleticism to work a proper wrestling base and grappling base into his game. And then right as that started to happen, he sort of started to decline a little bit um, in the stand-up. in the stand -up. Um, You know, DC fucking just absolutely just tortured him for like five rounds. It was so fucking upsetting. He's really... So bad. It's such a funny thing with MMA, right? Like Ben was saying last time we did the show and we had a conversation when we were all together uh, a couple weeks ago about this, about how you fall. And it's like, it's the same. It's like Derek Lewis underneath DC in a wrestling match, like Izzy when he moved up to light heavyweight. It's like, there's something about what their legs are doing. Like yeah. it's, it's not, it's not that much different than what other people's legs are doing when they're on the bottom, when they know what they're doing. But like, 
they're not doing really anything. You know what I mean? It's like they're very flat, like they're just sticking out of the end of a of a of a blanket in a roll doll book. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's like well, you should be doing something with those like, more than what you're doing right now. I don't know what it is, but it's like you can immediately tell when somebody is just like not on the ground level. And it's like that's the fun thing about an MMA, right? Where it's like. There, there is this sort of rock, paper, scissors aspect to it that is shrinking, obviously, but like at the high level, like this sort of still happens. And I think that it might, it might go that way again for Derek Lewis, <laughs> for being honest, because I think putting him in the ring with a Brazilian, um, you know, one, one of the, the, the league of yellow shorts, as I like to call them, um, is, is not a, is not a, it's just like you're Brazilian, you fucking wear yellow shorts. It's like, but what if I like the green shorts? It's like you're wearing the fucking yellow shorts. <laughs> I don't get it, but it is what it is. <laughs> and you're a hillbilly, you're in camo. Um, try that in a small town. All right, so. <laughs> what? Is that topical? Um, uh, I think you could I think you could throw 50 bucks on Derek Lewis catching a knockout here because he can at any at any point knock somebody out. But smart money probably on um, Delima. Taking him down and, and giving him a tough night. Matt, what do you think here about these uh these numbers? Delima. Submission? Delima. It's Delima. Uh, Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis doesn't have that dog in him anymore. Maybe I think Delima's just gonna hang him out. I think I think he's gonna put him to sleep. I think Ty Tui Vasa showed us that Derek Lewis, well, it was so much fun when it happened, it's all over now. Oh yeah. Yeah, he got knocked out by another big punch. Yeah. That's that's depressing. And, and not even get knocked out, he quit. He quit. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have that thing anymore. Ben, do you think like the the closest thing we have to boxing in MMA really is when two like big punching heavyweights get in there and it's just like, let's see whose head gets knocked off first. Yeah. And like, I is that error going away? Because like it, people are always trying to make the comparisons, right? Like people are always trying to say like, oh, boxing is like this and MMA is like this. And I think it's just, I think they're just incredibly different, to be honest. Like I, I, I think that they're farther apart than people realize. Um, with the amount of things you have to think about, like the, the the different things you can throw at somebody, but like if you're an elite boxer, if you have the kind of punching power that De a Derek Lewis or a Ty Tuivasa or or one of these guys has, you can still compete in the UFC at that level. How long do you think that's going to last? And like when do you think we're going to start to see guys have that? Plus, at at heavyweight, I I might add because heavyweight's obviously where the fucking box office is when it when it comes to this kind of stuff. And like in in historically in boxing, like same deal. Where when are we gonna see it sort of come back around? Where it's like, yeah, they have that, and all their other shit cancels each other out. So here we are, you know. Like to you to you from your trained eye, do you see it as just like two fucking sluggers, like two bums, or is it like, no, these guys are elite at this thing, and we we want to watch them do this thing. But if somebody's even a little good at this other thing, it's just you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I feel like most heavyweights are so unathletic that it is just does feel like they're fucking bums. Like I, I uh, um, don't mean to throw shade there. I, I obviously am, but like I, I <laughs> like the talent pool in most in in heavyweight MMA in general is so shallow. Like, um, why is that? You think? I just think it gets. I think it gets hard to to be that athletic um at heavyweight and i think there are some guys that we've seen in the past who are you know like savants like fedor um who who but in fedor's case he wasn't a natural heavyweight man fucking Aaron, are you fucking with me right now no i'm good i can, i was i completely agree yeah yeah no he um he like 
Fedor wasn't a natural heavyweight. You see guys like Dan Henderson and beat Fedor. In, in, Wait, when you say not a natural heavyweight, it was he was he was a uh, lighter small. plus plus steroids. Right? Small, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh, or or just you know just the it's always once you get to a certain size, I just don't think that you really have the athletics to compete at that weight. And you and you have some guys that are very very you know like incredible incredible jujitsu players and uh, and some good wrestlers and stuff. But I just think that. Those are so few and far between, as well as how shallow, just in general, the heavyweight division is. Like, there aren't a lot of heavyweight fighters. Um, it's, uh, I just, I just think you don't have a, a lot to pick. If you had to go fight a heavyweight and you, you, you were presented with the option that he was going to be an elite jujitsu player, an elite wrestler, or an elite bomb thrower, which yeah. one would you take considering the weight disadvantage? Right now, geez, what would I do? Um, bomb thrower. Yeah, no, I think I, I, I think right now I, I'd stand in there because I feel you just want to try and beat him with speed. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel like there's just way too. So I don't. It, it is difficult to grapple very heavy guys, especially like no gi, like if they're coming at you hard. Um, but oh, ankle pick though. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I. I'm just thinking back on when I have trained with very big guys in the past and what's been easier. Um, damn, I'm so good at jujitsu. I'm so good at boxing. I don't know. What to <laughs> you are so good. I, for all this, I, I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to. Listeners, all we ever talk about is how Ben just gets in there and throws bombs, which he does. But he is so good at jujitsu. And yeah, no, I know. He uses to use it. He'd rather die on his shield getting into a fucking sprawler's fight then get on the ground where he is elite at wrestling. Elite. Also, I think the thing that he's really good at uh, to do like a little Ben parade here um, is teaching this stuff. Like, I, think that, I, think that, I think that he's really good at <laughs> translating it into words. Like that anytime we've ever fucked around, especially with jujitsu stuff, and I've been like, I do this and this, right? And he's like, no, do this and this and then this. And then it sticks in your head. Like he tells you the thing and he like gives you a description of it and it fucking sticks in your head. So... I mean, you know, if the uh, very successful uh, tech career <laughs> goes goes the way of the dodo, then you could become a jiu-jitsu uh, teacher in Worcester. So that we've learned that from this podcast. And uh, just to even it out, to insult you a bit, you have the manners of a gorilla and lead quite easily. So there you go. Go on. <laughs> we're, we're yeah, yeah. You are a fucking asshole. Um, so, <laughs> so it comes down to uh, Rogerio DeLima um, and Derek Lewis. I don't think DeLima is like that great. So I like I think he's good, but I don't think he's that great. And I think that he could get knocked out. So I'm probably going to take a value bet here with Derek Lewis. Again, they're fucking us at plus 183, which just seems like they're just lauding it in our faces at this point. Um, but Matt, what do you got? Anything on this on this betting front with these? So teams? I think so. Just to keep the early the early fights interesting, that can cap off my four fight parlay. I have Rogério de Lima, I have Kapilov, I have Jake Matthews, and then we didn't talk about this fight, but we have Matthew Smelzberger, who uh, fights talented young Smelzberger. What's his name? Semmel Semmelsberger. Oh, I've heard Matthew of him. Semmel. I've heard of him. He's very good. He's got a real shit fight. Um, I'm not sure why, but. He's fighting a guy that's coming up in weight. He can't be that good. He's on the early prelims. We didn't even talk about him. Yeah, he got dogged. It's it's not, trust me, it's a fight to watch on the early prelims. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, A little early prelim love from uh, Mr. Wilcox. Trevin Giles, Gabriel Bonfim. Bonfim? Bonfim? Bonfim. Trevin Giles fucking sucks. (laughs) He's fucking not good. (laughs) Seen him fight a few times. 
I'm sure he beat my fucking scrawny ass, but he is uh he is definitely not that good. Um the guy's fighting is 14 and 0. Um great submission win in 2022 over Trey Waters. Uh had a tough debut in the contender series, won that. Submitted the guy in the first minute. Um this is a this is a stepping stone fight just to put have people see him on the prelims of a of a real heavy buy pay-per-view. Um we'll see like how good he really is. Obviously there's levels to this. We know the old adages about stepping up in competition, but um uh Dana White <laughs> and the matchmakers see Trevin Giles the same way I do and that's chumps <laughs> in the water yeah. of this division. This is not one of those situations where like oh Trevin Giles is a gatekeeper. Nope, he is a stepping stone on a very short ladder. This is going to be a bad one. Yeah, I mean, I, he, you know what? He wants he get, like I feel like alternate this, this lines, guy can do whatever he wants. Jiu Jitsu, he can box him. Yeah, I, exactly. It's going to be whatever he wants it to be. Alternate line, this doesn't go over one and a half round. Yeah, that's actually a really good bet. I, I think that there's just some serious value in like he puts him away incredibly quickly because I think that yep. and it could be a submission. To be honest, I wouldn't go that specific. Um, but I think uh, it's at high altitude. Um, there might be some value in the idea of throwing, like value in the sense that if you bet on Trevin Giles, you'll put the amount of money you're betting and it'll look like a lot of money that you potentially will win, but you will not win that money. So I don't know. I mean, maybe if you were trying to be a hipster about it, you could bet that it gets out of the first round or that it goes the distance even, but I fucking doubt it. Um, Ben, have you ever been in a situation where there was like a heavy, like nobody thought you were going to win the fight or, or nobody thought the guy was going to beat you? Like, have you ever been like very heavily favored or very heavily the underdog? And does that affect you psychologically? Yeah. Um, I, I, I've been both. Um, I, I remember coming up and, uh, uh, opponents were just uh, more seasoned uh, when I was getting started, you know, I, I was fighting older guys because I was a kid um, and, and they had already built a little bit of a record. Um, and uh, it's really hard to like put fucking odds on that, too, because it's like, is there footage of these fights that they've built a record of? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. who <laughs> was it they fought? Like, what well, are they thinking man, about? Man, remember that fight where, like, where the guy was like 10 years older than you and you missed weight by like 20 pounds? That was, that was scary. Was that? It was like, it was MMA. Yeah. Yeah. And you whooped his ass. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, um, yes. The, the dude at the Palladium. Um, yep. I did whip his ass. Dude, I've been so good forever. I, um, I, <laughs> and I, uh, I, I do remember that because I remember word getting out that I wasn't supposed to hear among, among the gym of people being like, dude, this guy's fucking huge. <laughs> name dude and ben's like getting like 19 like yeah, you he, were so fucking scrawny back then oh like, he was you're such so a little boy little. <laughs> yeah such like, a little boy i remember at the way and i remember at the way and this guy's five o'clock shadow grew into his chest hair and i was like i remember being like oh we're in trouble that guy <laughs> that guy's alimony attorney was at the way in <laughs> he had like lived a life he was I had, never, he had to go he had to go to his accounting job the next day yeah, yeah. No, the, I remember I I remember talking to that guy. I didn't know shit about him. Everybody kinda this is the funny thing, everybody kept it from me. Um, all this stuff. They didn't want to fuck with your head, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know that he was old. Um, I didn't know or older. I didn't know um how many fights he had had. He had shot a man in Reno just to watch him yeah. die. You didn't want to know any of this stuff. 
Dude, I didn't. And they kept it from me. And then I heard it afterwards. And I was like, oh. and I talked to the dude. And he was like, tell me about his life. And I was like, shit, man, you should give it up. You're old. Steady beat him. You won the fight. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, dude walks through him. I, I remember there was a couple scary moments in there just because like he had man strength um, and I was still a kid, but uh, I just felt like I tied him up the entire time. He had nothing for me. Yeah. He was like making noises when he was trying to pass guard. Like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was no passing guard. That was embarrassing. Yeah. That's cool. Well, I'm glad he won. I remember you at that age. You were way skinnier. Yeah. Uh, it's oh. like very small. <laughs> it's, I can't even remember you at that size. It's wild. Um, okay. Well, we know what's going to happen to poor Trevin. Um, sorry. Oh, and Kevin Holland, he's quickly becoming someone that gives me like the absolute joy to want to bet on him. And then immediately makes me regret betting on him. The ass whooping Steven Wonderboy Thompson laid on him. was an all like people will forget it because it was like a fight night and it was like, you know, it was bad, but Wonderboy, And we're, we're talking about him a little bit later in the card. Um, Wonder Boy looked fucking great in that fight, and he brought something out that I had never seen in him before. Where he has this like nice guy persona, and Kevin Holland was like, "Come on, man, I'm doing the talky thing that I do. I'm Kevin Holland." And uh, Stephen Thompson was like, "Yeah, no, we're we're fighting, and I'm gonna fuck put it on you." <laughs> like it was like, "Oh shit!" I thought he was so funny because Wonder Boy's the nicest guy, and he loves right. to do that. Like, good job, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, but he, he was but like, like, "Fuck this." <laughs> um, we'll see. Can I Kwando? Yeah, and I think I think he's a karate guy, isn't he? Um, but uh, the Dane Cook of martial arts, um, kickboxing karate. <laughs> yeah, um, I fucking hate Michael Chiesa though as well. Like he's just one of those guys. Oh. He he's like your friend's friend, and like he it's like oh, Chiesa's gonna be there. I don't I don't know if I want to come, man. I it's oh. nothing specific, you know. It, it's not it's not anything he does necessarily. It's just his fucking energy, like it. He's always like saying something and I'm not 100% sure what he fucking meant by that, you know, and ah, it's just fucking annoying. Um, I hope Kevin Holland wins. I, I'm still sort of I still have sort of carrying the flag of like this guy's fun personality. But I think that um, it, what's I'm not betting on him because I think what's be become incredibly obvious is that he's s s way too OK with losing. There, there's just too much like I'm it's cool we're just in here to like fuck around and have a good time like he doesn't take my bet seriously <laughs> you know what i mean like that's my, no, my no. with kevin holland so i i can't bet on him but i also don't like my, michael chesis so i'm staying away but where are you with this i am absolutely gonna bet the farm again on kevin holland all right <laughs> he doesn't give a shit you know what it feels like with kevin holland it feels like i'm like trying to like trying to like mentor a young student in high school and they just keep getting <laughs> they won't listen to me um I think he's an incredibly talented guy, but he's just a knucklehead all through and through. But Chase has this natural problem of one, being incredibly stupid. And two, he lost his last two fights, hasn't fought since 2001. They put yeah, him on true. the shelf the same he's, way they did Rob Winter. He's 20 minutes, 20 months off. That is a big factor. Who, who don't you want to come in and stand in a ring with after 20 months off? It's a guy that throws wild like Kevin Holland. This is not a tune up fight for him. This is, this is a, a real war for him. So I will say this. I could see Chiesa losing the first round and then panicking and holding him in half guard for two more rounds. But I, I really, I think we're going to see Kevin Holland win us back here. I don't hand. think Chiesa's going to shake off that rust. You've borderline talked me into it, but what about his hand? They're saying it's that he shouldn't be fighting yet with the, with, with the broken hand after it was. That's okay. He's going to 
he's an idiot. He's good enough to work, throw it. It's fine. <laughs> ben, um, talking during a fight, I, I'm, I'm interested to get your thoughts on this. Were you a talker and had you ever fought any? And what is, but what's the, like, what's the impact of it? Like, I would imagine, this is just a guess before you tell us the reality of it from your perspective, but I would imagine there's a world where you can just like not listen to it because there's so much other sensory stuff going on. Um, but I mean, I'm sure that I've seen talking affect fighters and win fights. You know, if, if you say and do the right things and you follow up and you, you know, you, uh, you, you throw the punch that lands effectively and then you double down on the bad thought that the person just had of that fucking hurt, right? And, you, and you're right. And you, do, and you start to break their poker face down and stuff like this. But tell us, tell us about your experiences with, with that kind of thing in the ring. Were you much of a talker? Uh, was it a little bit more, um, you know, Tim, Tim Duncan, where it's like, oh, almost got me there, big, big fella. Or was it more uh, KG, like, get that shit out of here. Like, which one was it? And, and, and have you experienced anything on the return? Yeah, so I wasn't at first, but uh, as I got older, my career just progressed and I just kind of became more myself in there. Um, yeah, I started talking a lot of fucking shit like uh, <laughs> uh, I, and and I like maybe maybe talking shit isn't the right way to say like there definitely were some times when I was like getting into a bit of banter and like <laughs> like getting into it with some dudes. But Tuesday, uh, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, I think a lot the entire time I was interactive. So like somebody would throw a kick. I wouldn't block it just to take it. And I'd be like. That's shit. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Body language. Body yeah, language. Yeah. But, but, I, but, I, but I was a talker quite, quite a few times. Um, and then as far as people talking shit to me, man, not really. Like everybody was just serious because um, yeah. they were fucking beat the fuck up. And, <laughs> but but uh, I mean, no, Elvis talked a lot of shit back to me. He didn't, he didn't like talk, talk shit back to me, but he was like, dude, how do you like that one? Like, I, <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Seems like you like that guy. <laughs> to be honest, dude, I really do. I'm going to yeah. trains. Oh, nice, nice, um, nice. He, uh, he's a for anyone guy. for anyone that needs context on this for the listeners. This is a guy that Ben fought. That I think you say, if I correct me if I'm wrong, he's the best guy you ever fought. That well, like, Elvis Gashi, yeah. Go yeah. well. I mean, um, I don't know if he was the best that I ever fought. He he had a very specific style that was very hard to beat. It depends on it depends on what style yeah. you're talking. But it seems like, like you like him and respect him. So, because he does come up in this context quite a lot. So, that's nice. You know, he was talking shit back. He was comfortable. There was like something there. Yeah. We you just could go out to dinner. I don't know. Like, you know, maybe there's yeah. a spark. We, do, we might. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> he uh, He's number four in the world right now. And uh, what? In uh, kickboxing. Oh, that's uh, sick. And uh, yeah, if you, if you go look, go look at my fleet, he's doing pretty well. Um, and I'm, and he's, coming back after a layoff elvis gashi is his name i'm not sure if i if i said that already but you uh, did you high fuck but yeah i'm going up there in a couple months me and uh, me and my um my coach and training partner brett are, are gonna go do some sparring with him um help him get ready so yeah i'm excited he's a great guy totally lost the plot on him um, i am no i mean i'm just trying to move on from the fact that you have other friends um the I'm gonna, I'm gonna be okay, but I'm just I'm gonna, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't call him friends. <laughs> uh, my 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 my. Um, okay, so Michael Chiesa, Kevin Holland, any opinions on these guys? What, what do you think of of? Because I I really did think that Kevin Holland had like some elite level athleticism and talent, and I it doesn't seem like that's gonna pan out. And and Matt seems to want to bet the farm on him, give him one more chance, but maybe because it's Michael Chiesa who sucks. But like, what, any any opinions on these guys? 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Michael Chies is definitely like a hard nose kind of guy, I guess. I really don't like him, to your point. Like when he was getting into it with Kevin Lee um, at the press yeah. conference. Yeah, what the like, fuck was that? Nobody like, talks about my mom. Dude, I like, I you gotta it. be able to take your mama jokes, dude. Like at the vent, the very baseline. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say, I hate when people get tied up in the your mama thing. Like, like, oh yeah, you're, or, or even called a motherfucker. And somebody's like, don't, like, dude, don't get pulled into that. That's the, but don't, that's you can't pretty. show any, the, the rules of dudes making fun of each other is, is, is two rules. It's, you either have to have a good, an equal or better comeback, or you have to just be like, ah, you got me there. Like, yeah, they yeah. can't get mad, because if you get mad, everybody's going to swarm like piranhas. Yeah, dude, it's such a, such a bad look to be, to, like, start the fight from talking. Yeah. Like, uh, no, nah, dude, you, it's so embarrassing. Like, yeah, dude, yeah. Oh, you, you hurt my feelings. It's like you're a cage fighter. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Nobody talks about my mom. That was honestly so <laughs> fucking cringe. That was so fucking cringe. Don't talk about my mom. It's the word. The honestly, it's it's akin to the weirdest thing I think I've ever seen happen in a UFC cage when Anthony Lionheart Smith started being like, "You talk shit about my family." And uh, who was it? Um, you're trying to take food from my family. Oh yeah. Or but no, but he was like, "You shouldn't have said something about my family." And the other guy was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> it was like, "Are you all right? We should yeah, yeah. have a doctor in here." <laughs> yeah, that's um, that guy's so fucking weird. I do, I do honestly love the uh, the people under the stairs that they trot out at, at every UFC broadcast, like after the fact, if you leave it on, because obviously right. you're done watching and you're like, "All right, see you later." And they do like this post fight breakdown, and it is like it'll be like Michael Chiesa and fucking Anthony Smith. And it's like they just drag them out some, from some sort of fucking laboratory experiment to be like, well, I thought that it stand up. Was, and it's just like, OK, the fights are over. We saw this already. Like, what are you doing? Dude, that guy's a heavyweight. Anthony Smith, heavyweight, big, huge heavyweight too. like what? Six, four, six, five. Yeah. yeah. And took like 30 minutes to beat up that fucking guy that broke into his house. <laughs> like. I I mean I guess I get it. I've never been in that situation. No, no, no. It's it's a classic. It's, he, he went and put in a classic Anthony Linehart Smith performance in that. Fight. <laughs> I'm gonna wake like, this guy out. <laughs> it's like I'm just gonna go in there and I'm gonna fucking execute my game plan. Dude, you get 25 minutes minutes of cardio in you, fella. Yeah, I do because I'm on meth, so I absolutely have 25 minutes of cardio in me. It's like, dude, just choke him unconscious. What are you doing? Yeah. I mean, like, even if you're scared, like, cause I, cause I, I can see that. Like, I know sometimes like situations that you run into in the street happen fast yeah. and it, and, like your reaction just have to be quick. But like, dude, once you get a hold of that guy and you're on the ground again, I don't know, like maybe. He no, had, like, you do know. The thing is, like, you do know. The, yeah, the, you, the, you, like, you just beat up a homeless person. Dude, I, <laughs> you did. I, I feel like. He, uh, the person was the person, the person had committed a crime. I no, that'll do, that'll do, that'll do. I, uh, <laughs> I feel like, um, like just holding on like that. I would yeah. shut, the, I, I feel like I would just choke him out like immediately. Right. But I'd be because, like, there's been times, there's been times when me and you wrestle where I can literally feel you are, your arms moving at like quarter speed while you're choking me unconscious. I just, it's, it's a nobody. Just put him to the ground. I don't I just understand. Feel like you got your hands on him. Just. But like, even how do you not mount a dude who doesn't know how to prevent mount? Like, it's just all crazy. <laughs> and you're a black belt, a and black he's belt. Huge. He's huge. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, maybe it is the meth. Maybe meth beats training. Maybe that's what we've learned. But I think more likely is that Anthony Lionheart's meth is just an idiot. Um, yeah. No, but I think Matt, to Matt's point, it's it's true. Like, anytime we ever fuck around, like the amount of training 
if if no one has ever fought somebody who's a trained fighter, it will make you second guess getting into fights on the street because it's like I remember a period in my life where I'd be like, "We're gonna go fight those kids," you know. Yeah, and yeah. Then, like as my frontal cortex developed, it's like, "What if he knows jujitsu?" <laughs> you know I mean? Like I don't. <laughs> I got like I I have filled my day with different activities. <laughs> like it's yep. just like yeah. not that. And like whenever no. you fuck around with Ben, it's like you know. I always try my best, but it, if there's a three second window, he can choose to end it in at any time. And it's like, why not just do that? I don't understand. There, honestly, there are some, well, just in your case, I just got to look for the, for the hands locking with the headlock. If I can prevent those hands from closing. <laughs> yeah. But well, you're not getting out of the Clark headlock. I mean, dude, once, yes, but that's the thing. Once it happens, I, I literally do just have to wait you out. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, just, yeah. I just put him in a position that like sucks for him long but this is yeah 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 tight and i don't want my glasses to break and, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 no that's 100 percent true but i it's like it's it's a, it's for me from my perspective like i'm winning points by not have been like losing outright yet like i'm i'm winning i'm winning oh yeah the crowd by like not being out of there yet so it's uh every man you stay alive is a problem. what i also realized and like this is just the, a theory you know and you can only go so far with theory um but i i think a guillotine is just a clark headlock with the person's um head going the other way so i think i could get good at that if i tried which i won't so yeah moving on to the next fight uh no i mean I'm sure it's good it's, good way. it's a great way to stay in shape um tony ferguson my god tony ferguson oh just a crowd, a crowd favorite, you know, just a just a lunatic of the highest order nodded at me one time. Um, is fighting Bobby Green. I can think there's value in this bet. I'm betting on Tony. I bet he's done some stuff in training, like he said. I love the idea of like it, the the because the the Kevin the Kevin I, I call it the Kevin Lee approach. It's like Kevin Lee's like I have a new coach, and then he loses, <laughs> then he comes back and he's like I have a new car. And then he loses, and he's like, "I have a new religion," and he fucking loses. And it's like, Kevin, maybe you're just not like at this level. You know what I mean? Like, there was a time where he like he was beating people up. He was about to fight, ironically, Tony Ferguson, who choked him unconscious. Um, and he was like, "Conor McGregor can come get that ass whooping. Fucking Dustin can come get that ass whooping." It's like, dude, you're not on that level. Like, at least at that time, it's like you were you were never on that level. But Tony did the Kevin Lee thing where he said, uh, uh, you know, I, I figured out what I had to do. I, I trained this. I trained that. And ever since he cut weight for no reason to fight Justin Gage, to not fight Justin Gage, and then cut weight again to fight Justin Gage, and was put through one of the most brutal fucking ass whoopings I've ever fucking seen in my life because there was no crowd. Those those shots just sounded absolutely, like, upsetting. Um, Justin Gage, he's a hard puncher by all accounts, a hard leg kicker, a vicious fighter, a, a difficult guy to fight. Um, and he really put Tony through the ringer and he honestly just hasn't been the same ever since. And his last, nope. the problem especially too, is he was winning that fight with Michael Chandler before he got the most hilarious still photography shot of a fucking kick to the face ever taken. Um, Chandler kicked him in the face and it's like, I, yeah, he might be done, but Bobby Green fucking sucks, dude. Like he might be Bobby Green. Does Bobby suck. Green. He might, Matt, right. He might be able to be so, Bobby Green. I, Bobby Green does suck, but I think. Here's here's the problem for Tony. Bobby Green's whole game is is defense and counter. I'm going to counter punch the shit out of you, and I think that that's a real problem for even Tony Ferguson from a couple of years ago, because Tony leads. Tony comes in fast. He swings wild from time to time, and that's where Bobby scores. I think that's why the line is so high. 
I think that there's a human element here where Bobby Green is a complete, he might be actually the dumbest person to ever fight in the UFC. And he could easily screw we this up. We just had a conversation about Anthony Smith. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> At least Anthony Smith has a podcast that like is somewhat successful. Bobby Green, when you hear him talk, he can barely get sentences. So he could screw this up, but I, I understand why the line is where it is. And I've been saying it for a while now. It's just, your boy's all done. It's just a wrap now. What about a submission win? Yeah, I mean, it could happen. I don't, I don't think Tony... See, again, I think Tony's one of those guys that he, he is going to want to stand in there and bang with him because he has an ego issue, which is why he runs through coaches so much, I think. But I, I, don't, I don't foresee that. I, I, think, I think he could catch him. I think he could just catch uh, uh, Bobby, you know, being lackadaisical, getting cocky, winning around coming out dancing and, and just getting slapped by something. But I think if I were to bet this, and I don't think I'm going to bet at it, I think I'd bet Bobby Green. Ben, uh, is it just me or did Tony Ferguson not always look like he had just been resurrected from a 2,000-year-old slumber when he moved around? Uh, like, looked so bad in those last couple fights. Just the, but just the movement, like the, 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 the athleticism, like the... Like, you remember the point you were making last time about, like, when you see a guy, you just need to see a guy for a few seconds when he, like, how he hits the mat, like, all that kind of stuff. And you can tell, what, like, what level of ass whooping you can lay on him. It's like, he just, uh, it's just, the, he's very, dude, Cowboy was like this towards the end of his career, too. Like, he was never that crazy, like, you know, bouncy or fluid. But towards the end, it was like, Jesus Christ, the guy no. can fucking walk. And Dave, we're, don't, like, three years ago, Tony was going to be the guy that took down the Iron Eagle. He was going to be... Let's oh, not. Let's not. What's his name? Let's not. Kebab Manenov? Let's not. The Iron Eagle. Like, is that's, that what his name is? Don't Open make up new don't, don't just the Silver eagle. Hawk? Don't add, eagle? don't add precious metals to this guy, please. <laughs> How do you say his name? Khabib Nurgamedov. Nergama, that's that's not it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but Tony was going to be the guy to do it. <laughs> And, and look where he is now. It's just a sad that that. I think if they had a fought, I think if they had a fought the first time, I think there was a chance of that happening. But um, I think so too. It's a it was a good matchup stylistically. Yeah, yeah, it is depressing. Honestly, the whole Tony Ferguson thing. I'm going to bet on him just as like a show support because uh, we you know we bonded that time. But um, that was fight. God, I know. Oh fuck! God damn it! That looked bad too. He yeah, is so a, bad. That he lost to, lost to Nate Diaz. That, like, that not Diaz, lost, got his ass whooped. Well, Dude. I mean, that's not saying that much, right? Like Nate Diaz almost beat Leon Edwards. Dave, it looked like, like they brought that. them in on. It looked like they brought them in on wheelchairs. It was embarrassing I know. I know. for the UFC. I know. Yeah, but by the time Nate was out, at, like on his way out of the, and he didn't train at all for that fight because he was like kind of throwing that hissy fit, like oh, I don't give a yeah, fuck. Yeah, He was gonna get destroyed. Yeah, he gave him Tony, and he came in there, and dude, he looked so. Oh man, he looked. They both looked so bad, but he so still, bad. still beat his ass, dude. Tony shouldn't be fighting you. The, this, no, like, he shouldn't. That should have been his last fight. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe training. All right, fine. Um, I, your guys are right. You guys are right. Um, Stephen Thompson and Michelle Pereira. Uh, Pereira is one of the guys I won't bet on because he does stupid shit. Like he, he, you know, even if he's looking like a, he could win a fight, he'll knee the guy in the head while he's on the ground, or like fucking poke him in the eye or do some stupid shit like that. This is like the, the, he's just this kind of guy. He is exciting. I don't think that there's any room for uh, overly flamboyant fighting styles left at the elite level in the UFC. Like. 
I think that there was a time period where it's like, whoa, he caught him with the capoeira quick kick. And it's like, no, like Steven Thompson's like not going to get caught by that. He's going to fuck you up. Like he's going to fuck you up. And like he looked so fucking badass the last time I saw him fight uh, against Kevin Holland. And he looks in such fucking good shape. Like he just looks like he lives that lifestyle that makes it so he can compete in an athletic level well into his fucking 30s that I am extremely this is the most confident i am for a win is steven wonderboy thompson against michelle Pereira, especially because Pereira's is going to try to stand up with him and i think that thompson is underrated as a striker i think that he has a ton of fucking whip and and, and power in his punches and he just looks like the nicest guy i thought that was like such a funny joke by the way i didn't even know conor mcgregor was capable of this when they were talking about the um the nicest guy in the ufc award conor was like i'm coming for that belt too mother buddies it's <laughs> like that's a fucking solid joke dude like maybe not as punchy as we thought um matt any any reason why you would bet Pereira here dude i think with with Tarantino's last three fights he has just looked like he's stepped up his competition level to a whole nother place he, he looks elite he looks like he's he's cream of the crop but i am going to take the brazilian here i i think that we're going to see the exposure of Stephen Thompson again. And I think you might actually see a submission here. So I know you're right. And, but let me just say this also, Dave. I think it's a little funny that the two guys that you won't fight on because dumb shit are both Brazilian. Just saying. But I think, I think with Ferrari. <laughs> are you saying up, I'm racist against Brazilian? I'm just saying. I just I'm just yellow. just not my color. That's listen all. To me. Listen, I just need to program to chow. My new nanny is Brazilian. I'm riding with my people. Bom dia, motherfucker. Let's go with the Brazilian. Yeah. <laughs> what an old white guy you are. Holy <laughs> Ben, are you a Wonder Boy fan? Dude, love I love Wonder Boy. He uh um he kind of has a style that I hate just because um when 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 I think of Muay Thai, like I think of Muay Thai as being beautiful all the time. Um beautiful and powerful. Like the like I all and I always think and I and just for a record, I think Muay Thai beats karate uh, 10 times out of 10 every yeah. time fight um but uh steven thompson does it so well man he, yeah. he 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 hides kicks behind punches that you don't see coming like a jab and and then just like a like literally just turns the hip for the, for the head kick when that was his entry into the ufc and i was like damn that was fucking sneaky i yeah. hate it and look like but it's sneaky um yeah. and he kind of has that vibe about him that's like sage northcutt's dad like the like bleeper <laughs> like 40 year old who like is ripped like and he's like come on kids like i'm gonna take you in the back of my truck down to get ice cream like he's wicked nice yeah the whole time. so you know he just lives a healthy lifestyle yeah you know i i always feel like those guys are, are just great forever um uh that being said uh, michelle Pereira is huge he's a huge athletic guy true but I think Tom, uh, Thompson's always needed a little bit of a range advantage or like a little bit of a um, like he getting canceled out by Tyron Woodley because he didn't want to come into that range or getting sort of out grappled by guys like Bala Muhammad or whatever. It's like there is, like Matt said, like holes to his game. But I, I do think that there's like I, I do still think he's a level above. I think he's a level above Pereira. I mean, we'll see. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure about this, but I think he's a level above in the sense that like. You know, it's that like I don't fear the guy who's practiced a thousand kicks once. I fear the guy who's practiced one kick a thousand times. It's like, yeah, I agree with you that like karate and and like that whole style is like on its base inferior to Muay Thai. But like, if you're that good at something, like if you're if you're at that level at anything, you're hard to beat. And I think it's like even if it's 
And it's also not the same thing as, say, um, that Gracie kid that came in and he he put in that embarrassing showing of like, <laughs> just come to the ground with me. And it's like, dude, that's not this sport anymore. Like you need better, better versions of the other stuff. How was that? Um, but also I just think Wonder Boy is like, I like, I think you in another life, you could have seen him like playing up front for the fucking USA men's national soccer team. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's got that sort of well-rounded athleticism that, um, that, gives him an advantage in a lot of different areas, not just that. I think he's underrated in certain areas, like takedown defense and stuff like that. I think he can really like bring a lot of that stuff to the table, and I think it's a no-brainer bet to bet Stephen Thompson, but that's just me. Um, and, but yes, I, I am a little bit biased in the fact that he does just seem like a really great hang. Like a Here's right thing, though. Stephen Thompson, dude, if he was a superhero, he'd be Captain Planet. He's a fucking dork. All right, so. <laughs> what was wrong with Captain Planet? Look, look, clean up the mess, guys. Door. Yeah. Door. Okay. Can I can I tell you something, Matt? Had yeah. we listened to Captain Planet then, we'd be in a much better fucking spot right now. So he might be a dork, but he's got he he had a point because now the world is on fire and we're oh, okay, fire. Dave. Is it hot outside? It's summer. Relax. Oh my god. <laughs> this has officially become the Joe Rogan experience. Okay. Um, moving on. Jan Blahovich is fighting Alex Pereira, guys. Alex Pereira is moving uh, up in the world. Um. It's a pick em. I think there's a ton of value in betting Alex Pereira here. I think I I don't see him losing knockout power. Ben, I think you have a you have a, a, a predilection. Yeah, you I think you think that moving up weight classes diminishes power greatly. Is that true? Moving up weight classes? Yeah. No. Um I I I think it kind of evens out your your um, your power. Like it I don't think you lose power moving up in weight. I think you just kind of, it becomes muddy. Right, to right because because everybody's that big, yeah. But to just just to finish that point, I think moving up in weight and then moving back down in a weight class destroys you. That's the end Oh, really? Yes, I think if you move up, put on all the size, put on the muscle, and then have to lose that cutting back down, I think uh, you see with Roy Jones Jr. That, that's, that was literally the end of Roy Jones Jr., if it's towards the end of your career, that kind of up and down, your body can't do it anymore. Um, yeah. Unless it's somebody I, like Izzy, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I remember um, I sparred with some guys who still have fantastic power for their weight class to this day. Um, an example would be uh, Victor Saravia, um, a kid that I trained with uh, in, in LA, um, fought on K1, fought uh, for a, a, a whole bunch of really, really good uh, organizations and did very, very well. He fought for the title at two different weight classes for K1, which is huge, but he fought at like 125. Um, and, uh, dude, I would see him put it to guys who are 125, 135. And then we sparred the first time and dude, the first round, he absolutely lit me up, like touched me like three, four times every time he got in range. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just like, oh, man, that doesn't feel like anything. I can take all of those shots. I, I was like, I was like, be, because he came out and I would, and he hit me so many fucking times. I was like, oh, I can't, pro I probably can't take a lot of those. Um, and then two, three more combinations. I was like, oh, he's not hitting hard. That's, that's the thing. He's 125 pounds. Uh, so then I just waited for the second round. And I was yeah. like, all right, I gotcha. But uh, yeah, he, uh, I, I, I don't think, I, I just think. It, it, for a guy like Alex Pereira, I don't think it, it's it's something that you lose go, like going up a weight class. I think he, I think Alex Pereira is at a weight where it just carries over. So yeah, it's not he's one fifty five coming up coming up to heavyweight. He's a he's one eighty five guy 
fight has fought heavier at 205 or in the 204 at cruiserweight. Um, I think he'll, he just has the power. And, and uh, I, it's like, man. Well, do you, let me ask you this, Ben. Do you think it's easier to knock out somebody like Sean Strickland than it is to knock out like Ian Bohovich because of the power they're used to facing? No, I think uh, Sean Strickland was just a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> I, I, if you, maybe if you had two different fighters, I, I'd give you a different example there. But like, maybe, uh, do you know what I mean? I'm playing like this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, He's I can't be like the UFC isn't making that fight between him and Izzy, by the way. They're like, no. Like, Izzy's yeah. like, fine, Strickland then. And the UFC's like, no, no. Said, that would no. be a demolition. It's funny you say <laughs> that thing about, about taking the power. I remember having this. I had, I actually can relate to this experience. I remember we got into a fight outside uh, my college um, dorm. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a group fight, like two, two groups. I started it. It was my fault. Um, but it was, uh, it was like two groups no. yelling at each other. And like one guy hit my friend. And I went for him, and I didn't realize that another dude had snuck around behind me, sneaked around behind me, um, smart of him, and he started, like, fucking hitting me in the back of the head. And I remember being like, fuck, like, I'm fucked. Like, I, I'm getting hit in the back of the head. Like, there's nothing I can do. And then I remember, like, in, in the next split second being like, oh, those don't hurt at all. And then I just remember being like, you're in for something we like to call the Clark headlock, my friend. And, and my hand just, like, snaking up around the back of me. And like getting them and like flipping them over and being on top of them. And I was like, you just weren't strong enough, pal. Like, you didn't do the right thing. You should have killed me when you had the chance. Why didn't you just win? What are you saying? <laughs> Why didn't you just beat my ass? But it was, it's like that moment of like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. I'm getting punched like in the back of the head. And then it's like the next second you go, oh, fuck, that doesn't hurt at all. I'm yeah. fine. Like, there wasn't even any bumps or bruises on my head the next day. I was like, oh, you're so stupid. You should have hit me way harder. <laughs> like, yeah, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> but, yeah, and it, and it is a thing where it's like the power translation. It's like, you know, Pereira is going to be, like, potentially faster. And he is a super elite striker. And it took a guy on the level of Israel Adesanya to figure out a hole in his game. And then it took him three tries to exploit it. So... To me, I just think like the weight's not going to be like that huge of a deal. I think it's going to be Pereira all day. I think Blahovich is good. I think he's shown really good moments in this sport, but I don't think he's like the best champion that weight class has seen over the last decade either. So I, I, I'm lean. It's a pick him because of the weight change. I'm, I'm leaning. Um, I'm leaning Pereira here. What do you think, man? I agree with you. I agree completely. Poetan all the way. Um, I think the the issue with Jan. Is that it's very clear here that she he should try and take him down frequently and you won't. and he's you not won't. he's not gonna do that. Jan <laughs> makes bad decisions. He yeah. makes bad decisions. He's gonna want to prove to everyone that he's got heavy hands. He does, but you know you're dealing with just like Poetan, like hands of hands of stone. It's scary. I can't wait to watch him knock somebody else out. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's a great coming event, honestly, and it, and, and, and it really is. Right, the fact that it's for a strap whenever you can have that uh, happen is <laughs> is dope. Um. And then I guess so is the main event is for a strap too, but it's for the bad motherfucker title or, uh, or, or, or yeah, bad, is it bad motherfucker? Is that what it is? Um, baddest motherfucker. Yeah. The baddest motherfucker. It's very gimmicky. It's very WWE, the whole endeavor, but, uh, see what I did there. Um, but, uh, do you fuck with Dustin Poirier? Like outside of the context of us being like Conor McGregor fans, like, do you fuck with Dustin Poirier in any way? Like what's your level of respect for like what he's accomplished in this game? Like, I comparatively to like how elite he is sometimes to like how dumb his losses have been. I'm glad you asked that because I was thinking about this earlier today when I was getting ready for, for this. I think Dustin Poirier might be the best 
155 fighter of all time to not have a belt. Yeah, that's probably true. Right? I, I he is, he has progressed at every step of his game, up and up and up. And he is he's a killer. He is a killer. Yeah, but like Gaethje also has like changed his game pretty aggressively. Like we were talking a little shit about him when he was about to fight Viziev. And it's like he's actually finally perfected this idea of like like he went from like being way too fucking crazy and like way too violent and a and box office, don't get me wrong. And like, you know, being able to take punches, but he would like get knocked out for doing stupid shit to like a very clinical sort of tactical um uh his coach, what's his name? Um Whitman, Trevor. Um, yeah. Um, really got like a, a really like nuanced tactical fighter out of him that like let him kind of climb the ranks up until an embarrassing showing against Khabib. And now it looks like he has this kind of merging of styles, this like hyper violent, like very aggressive way, but he's still kind of like uh, is able to like rock with the rhythm of the fight and also in the pocket encounter. Yeah. And also like the level of violence that he seems to be able to un- undergo. I don't, I'm not sure, like, Dustin Poirier is on record being like, that was the worst experience of my life. Like, he won the fight, and he was like, I don't ever want to go through that again. Like, I just right. don't. I, and I'm just, my, I have a little bit of a hunch that, like, once that starts up again, and no disrespect to Dustin Poirier on this level, I'm not, I wouldn't be able to do this. I'm not sure a lot of people would. I just think he's going to be like, yes, dude. Like, the, for the bad motherfucker belt. Like, yeah, honest, dude. Like, I, like, those leg kicks are going to start landing again. Like, apparently, leg kicks like a fucking mule. And like, it's just like, ugh. Ben, have you ever had an experience and, where you just don't feel like being there? Or was yeah. that not in your DNA? What, what, what does that feel like? Do, are you able to just like rip it around or, or like, what do, what do you do in that situation? It's got to be so disheartening. Yeah, I remember I got knocked down twice towards the end of my career. Um, and uh, like in the same fight? Yeah, in the same fight. I, uh, um, I tripped during the first one and... Um, and they, the call second, it a, they call it a knockdown. Well, they call it a knockdown. And they're legitimately knocked down the second time um, by a spinning, uh, spinning back elbow that broke my nose. Yeah. And I remember, I remember sitting there against the ropes, like looking over at my coach, looking at the ref, uh, counting. Um, you were like, I'm going to learn how to code. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. And I remember, <laughs> so, remember being so fucking mad and, uh, and just tired. And I was like, fuck, I was like, all right, whatever. Let, let's see if he can knock me the fuck out. And, and I remember <laughs> get, getting up and, uh, and just going at the fucking guy. And, and, and uh, man, it, it was, uh, you know, it, it was an ugly fight, um, but uh, didn't get knocked out and, and, you know, was able to push through it. Do you think that like if if what I say is true about Poirier, um, and and he does feel like you know a little sick of fighting Dustin Justin Gaethje because of like the level of violence, like do you think a combat sports athlete just by how they're built or one at that at this level is just going to be able to shake that off completely, or is there a chance what I'm saying is true and he's just going to be like fuck this dude? Yeah, I don't know if it'll be this time, um, but that but what you're referring to is a real thing, and uh, I think it's hard to say that nobody. Um, is built like that there is there's a person who isn't built like that i like i think you you see guys like uh, what's the name you yeah uh, you rivera who's just romero built like fucking like yeah. a rock person yeah. like yeah like a, like a golem <laughs> yes and uh um and so he doesn't get hurt as much you know like that's a hard guy to hurt um and he 
and, and he has so much natural power. But I think if you take if you put him up against someone like himself, um, over and over and over again, uh, I think eventually he like he, he gets old. I think everybody gets old. Time yeah. is. But like your spirit, I'm talking about your spirit getting old. Yeah, you know, I think your spirit breaks with your body. Well, you know that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just yeah. don't think Noel has found, has met a person like that yet because right. yeah, because they made him in that one lab specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, Matt, who you got here? This is kind of a tough I, one. It's a tough one to call because I think Dustin's a better fighter. Uh, I think Gaethje's got it. I think he's going to stuff 10, 15 takedowns. Going to keep him standing up. I just don't think Dustin's gonna gonna edge him this time. I think Gaethje looks a lot tighter than he has in those last two fights that we watched. And it was like it looked like we were looking at a different guy. Um, I, I really, really think that this one's just Dustin for a, a third showdown rubber match. Let's go, one versus one, and I can't wait for it. I love watching these guys fight. It's it's disgusting. It's honestly gross, but I, I, I'm awesome. very excited. Uh, who would you Let's say go. you'd be cheering for, like between the two? Because I don't really like either of them. Oh, I know you don't like. I like Justin. I, I'm I'm in a room for Justin all the way. But you know, I just I'll never, I'll never like Dustin again. He's a little white little bitch. His wife's in my boys' DMs. Yeah, your wife's, your wife's in DMs, baby. He should get that sorted, though. Honestly, it's embarrassing for him. Um, Ben, who? Same same two questions. I mean, who who you got on paper, and like, what, what's your like level of fan? Uh, what's your fan level with these two guys? Like, because I feel like they are sort of polarizing, but I think like a lot of hardcore UFC guys do love both these dudes. You know, they are they would be both, both be considered fan favorites. So I'm interested to know like your take on them as 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 you know a fan of the sport, and also like where you got these guys on paper. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think. Justin may be on the decline, um, not specifically anything performance related, just, you know, time related, like yeah. uh, trying to get there. And I think, um, uh, Gaethje is kind of on his way up. Like, like his performances have gotten better and better. I, I, I think, uh, I and think, then from a fan level, what do you think? Like, for, I, think, I think Dustin takes it. I want to make sure I say that. I know Dustin that Poirier. Yeah, Dustin Poirier. Did I say Justin twice? I was nervous. You did. Well, it's, it's the battle of, it's the battle of the Austin. So it's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, dude. I'm just cooked, man. I um. Okay. I think from a fan perspective, it's hard for me to say because I don't give a shit about any, <laughs> any fighter. Like, absolutely. Um, right. I I like don't know him. Um, <laughs> And does it, it, it's reminiscent of when you're like, oh yeah, like that actor, and I'm like, hey, fuck him. Like I, I fucking, I fucking hate all of them. What the fuck works? dude, yeah, you know, but like you're too close to it. You're too close to it. You know, so it's like hard to be like a fanboy about it, like we are, because it's like you know, you have to there, to be a fan of something. You sort of have to be distant to it in, in a certain way, right? So I do get that. So maybe it wasn't a super fair question, but hey, listen, you guys did a fucking great job. We had a wonderful check my oil. We did so bad this time. Get <laughs> your finger out of my butt. This has been Check My Oil UFC 291 this Saturday. Um, Matt, do you want to tell us a parlay before we go? Guys, listeners, listen, ride this with me. We'll either die glorious heroes or be broke and destitute. Semmel's Burger, Matthews, Kopolov, and Rogerio DeLima. It's the, it's the favorite. It's the favorite parlay of the early prelims and prelims let's ride all right fuck it we ball gentlemen listeners thank you so much ufc 291 this saturday tune in be there be square thanks guys
Mua. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement. Inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.